Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So, Guy, Nick Mason, sourceful of secrets, of which we are um, two-fifths, right? Are, we're going back out on the road in the summer across the UK. We are. We're, it's all of June, so brace yourself. What's it called? It's called the Set the Controls Tour. What a brilliant name. Who do you uh, think could have come up with such a great name for a tour, Gary? I wonder. I think yeah. I'm looking at him, right? But then you I might. did come up with uh, Nick Mason, sourceful of secrets. You did. And in fact, that came up in a podcast then because you were inspired by Woody Woodman's Is You Boat, weren't you? I was, yes. Anyway, anyway, but enough of that. So... Join Nick, Guy, Lee Harris, uh, Don Beacon and me as we celebrate the early years with, you know, that incredible, it's an incredible body of work, isn't it? The early Pink Floyd. It goes up to just before Dark Side of the Moon. It goes up to 1972 with all the film soundtracks, all the Sid stuff, stuff you've never mm. heard, stuff that no one's ever Echoes, heard, frankly. obviously. Echoes is the big sort of, you know, uh, what is that? What would you call it? Magnum opus. Yeah, I love a Magnum, don't you? Yeah, I never met Magnum. Was <laughs> he... <laughs> Um, anyway, tickets are on sale now and you can buy yours at uh, myticket.co.uk. And Kilimanjaro Live presents Nick Mason's Source for the Secrets, the Set the Control Tour. One, two, one, two, three, four. Welcome to the Rock Hunters. <laughs> anyway, we've never thought of using accounting. Anyway, hello, Gary. Hi, Guy. You've had your hair cut. Look at that. I have had my hair cut, all three of them. You had a very nice lunch today, but we shouldn't say who I had a very, very nice lunch, which looks like it's going to lead to a quite spectacular episode of this at some point. And I can, yes, I'm going to contain myself. But actually, I can barely contain myself anyway, because we've got a fantastic one. You know, someone I've known for nearly 40 years, you've known forever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Really excited. He's got a brand new album out called Jude, which came from the song Hey Jude. It is, of course, Julian Lennon. And uh, yeah, really thrilled to have him on. Um, really, really, really thrilled. It's not, but yeah. And, and it's, talking- what's been nice is doing the deep dive and having and going back and listening to his records. Because um, I'm on some. I mean, there's uh, one album on. I, I know some stuff I'm really proud say. of, in fact. No, actually, I have to say, I did listen to the track you're on today. What's it called? No, I'm on that whole album. The, the, the track in particular album. is called Just For You. I loved it. it your bass is fantastic on oh. it. And it's so oh. obviously you. It's got you written all over it, but it's oh, beautiful. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure now I will avoid that anecdote for the rest of uh, this interview. Yeah, uh, I'm going to put on a loop. That's my new ringtone. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, welcome to the Rock on Tez. Okay, guys, I'm ready. But it's a big tune for sure. I actually wrote that originally for Tina Turner. Of course, I had gone and found Joni Mitchell down in Florida and brought her back. I've listened to a few of them and they've been really good, man. I've been sitting in the back of the car coming into London. They're brilliant. Thank you guys for still being around, still making music, still being into it and doing this podcast. It, it's, uh, it's fabulous. So great to talk to two guys that have done this. Remember me? I'm in a band now. <laughs> it's called Roxy Music. You know this thing about the 10,000 hours of experience? Oh, yeah. To, to get good at something. When we recorded Arnold Lane, we'd done about 50 hours. The Rock Hunters podcast with Gary Kemp and Guy Pratt. Hey! Do I, do I, do I see before me two old muckers? Ah, <laughs> indeed you do. <laughs> Hello, mate. Oh, I wish we were in the same room. This sucks. Yeah. Where are you? 
Well, I'm, I just got into L.A. Uh, on the promo trail here, and it's, you know, yeah. it's uh, it's full on. So uh, well, That's good. And, uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's all right. But, the you know, sometimes when you're traveling with jet lag, it can you can glide through it easily, and then other times it really hits you like a brick wall. Yeah, I, I, there's a, I, there is an age component that we have no, to I, I, no, denial, <laughs> denial, denial. I was thinking about how fast time flies, because I was thinking about when the last time I actually saw you, because I know we stay in touch through social media, yeah, yeah. Um, and we seem to know a lot of, a lot about what we're both doing because of that. Yeah. But actually, I don't think I've seen you personally for nearly 30 years. Probably the uh, the early nineties so. in LA when there was that whole sort of LA scene, all of us hanging yeah. out together. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Time is a weird one, that's for sure. But sorry to interject. Go on, go. No, we just, I just, you know, it makes yeah. you concerned, you know, because you think, you know what, I, I take people for granted. We don't stay in touch enough. Does. He takes me for granted. You <laughs> takes me for granted. It's, it's shocking. Um, I, <laughs> well, no, last time I saw you was at. Jake's Club Place, and there was, it was a. It was, uh, but then again, yeah, it's probably six, seven years ago. But we, are, you to, uh, are you talking to me? I'm talking or? To you. I'm talking to you. <laughs> well, I'm mean, Hugh. I don't know who's Hugh. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> now, Guy and I are seeing each other quite a lot at the moment because we're we're playing in the same yeah, band, with much, Nick Mason, and we're on our we're just about to leave to go to the US to do six weeks over there. Oh, um, you are. We are. Yeah. yeah. We, uh, we are. are you going to be? Uh, are you going to be out to uh, LA way? We yeah. are. We're doing the Orpheum. Fantastic. In October. You, in Oct- what what dates do you have? End of October. You may be gone. Good. By then. I'm not sure. No, 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 no. I, I could. I could I, no, I'm, I'm. I'm here for two months as things stand. Are you going to go out and play this album live? I don't. I don't know yet. You know, I'm. I'm actually um, going into rehearsals today, just to with a new band preliminary for um you know tv promo and stuff like that and it's been a long time for me and i'm just going to feel it out i'm you know we've got rehearsals for the next 10 days literally and we're doing not half the album but certainly a good few songs and some oldies too just to yeah you know see how i feel because it's been that long you know um uh, and also, it's I love a big amb- you've got big ambitious arrangements and stuff to play on this album, haven't you? I mean, which yeah, could sound it? fantastic live. It's but, uh, you know, say, some of it. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, that goes all the way back to even not even the last album, Everything Changes, or the one before it, uh, Photograph Smile, which mm-hmm. was very, very orchestral. And we used orchestras from all over the world on that one. And there's quite a few on this album, too. I mean, I. I had always said that if I if I do get back into that groove that I, I would want to do, if I could get the support, of course, um, you know, performing arts theatres, uh, uh, which would, we would tie it into my White Feather Foundation. So we try and help causes in every location. Oh, that yeah, we yeah. Play. Want to talk about that. Want to talk about yeah. your foundation. Yeah. Fantastic. And and it would either be with a partial or full orchestra. That would be my limited engagements, you know. So not overkill, uh, say, but uh, at all with a r- real purpose outside of music as much as the music itself. You know? yeah, it's, inter- it's interesting you talk about 
your you know two albums ago which which is you know, quite a few years ago now but where you, <laughs> yeah, many you, where, where you developed what is really a sort of cinematic landscape sound in your arrangement and how close right. that feels to me because that feels to me like you discovered yourself at that point discovered what you wanted to do I, yeah but, I, yeah i'll tell you what it was we, we were doing promotion for um photograph smile and we do a, a grueling grueling uh one year promo tour which was insane really um but we ended up in doing a festival in hong kong um and it was the the leading uh, female Chinese artist, boys to men, and me. <laughs> I'm going what? <laughs> what? And, 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 and it was a three day festival that we were circ circulating. You know, so it was like you didn't know who, what night you were going to be picked, and it was all a bit strange. But the most beautiful thing about it was we performed with the Hong Hong Kong Philharmonic Orchestra. And when we did that, uh, that that was goosebumps for me. That mm -hmm. was oh yeah, live with an orchestra is always that that, that that was yeah. that was pure pure joy for me. Beauty, beauty. The yeah, mm -hmm. it was phenomenal. And so ever since I, I I did that show, I've just been dreaming of doing something similar to that, you know, down the road. And uh, I, again, if the right circumstances and the right setup came along and the right sponsorship. La -di -da -di -da, then that I would certainly probably jump in quite deep on that. Sorry, sorry just know? to finish off on that, because what I think I was touching, yeah, on, yeah. touching on as well, and I wanted to get to, was how yeah. close to me as an artist I feel your musical landscapes are to your, your photographic landscapes, to the right. dreamlike yeah. painterly quality, you know, those wonderful abstracts of clouds and... and, and, and you know, whatever you have that you manage to make look abstract, but also ethereal and quite, you know, I don't like the word, but spiritual comes to mind. Yes. And that you seem to want to get that kind of orchestration and depth into your musical work. Well, it probably relates back to my initial uh, inspiration, you know, you know from the artists that I used to listen to. I mean, not only did I find you know, structurally, chord-wise and melodically, the Beatles to be pretty, yeah, fab to say the least. But, you know, my, my earlier influences were certainly, you know, along the lines of, you know, uh, well, Keith Jarrett. This is an interesting Keith. thing, Julian, because I know you've said it, because I remember knowing you back in the 80s and you've always, that, that you had very, you had the listener you who just, who loved ACDC. But there's the composer you, who's a, yeah. which is a completely different name, which is Steely Dan and Keith Jarrett. I remember that was yeah. always... Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you nailed it. You nailed it. And, and you know, still are. I'm still yeah. the same in that regard. That's uh, obviously uh, I've built upon that a little bit. But yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Uh, still banging my head once in a while, <laughs> denying everything. And uh, yeah, Didn't and then you, the old. I remember you went, you set up your you lived in Notting Hill. You set your speakers oh, yeah. up outside the window during the carnival and played ACDC. Uh, I I did also. Uh, yeah, I almost died. Even foolish I, move. I, yeah, I. This is true. I had some. I can't remember. JBL. Very like reactionary. Yeah, two hundred and fifty yeah, watt speakers, and I stuck them out the window because the ray was driving me nuts. <laughs> not that, not that I 
Not that I don't love reggae, but I literally open the sliding windows, sash windows, and put the JBLs in the windows. Uh, I mean, they were the size of a small person to begin with. They were massive. And then turned on, whacked on ACDC, full blast. And <laughs> Mate, read the room. <laughs> yeah. Um, there, there was a few people banging at the door. Um, and then, of course, the, the cops uh, trying to protect me and saying, turn that, turn that off. Uh, otherwise, we can't help you. And I just obviously I, I, I bowed down. Um, but that, yeah, that that was a moment. That was a moment I will never forget. Too. I, I could I could see the way this is going to go. Guy's got to do the anecdotes, and I've got to try and somehow wheedle yeah, the you're, album you're the out of you. Because because you know you mentioned Keith Jarrett, and there's a track on the new album Jude, which is um, which is from a Bill Lawrence. Uh, song or yeah, instrumental yeah. you know and yeah. which it reminded me because i didn't know bill lawrence and i looked him up uh cables i think it's from and it, it reminded but, me of nils from do you know nils from does he ever come into your world I, I, that that rings a bell but off the top of my head but, right now I, I i couldn't focus but, on that no i wouldn't i wouldn't it's, uh, it's beautiful you got paul buchanan from the blue nile on mm-hmm. there and 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 i've forgotten who the french girl is uh the woman is um <laughs> Yeah, well, let me tell you how that came about. It's stunning. It's like a menage a trois of music, right? Uh, I, I, yeah, I think it's a gorgeous piece. It doesn't have a particular arrangement as such. It goes a little sideways. But I just felt it was okay doing that. I, I just felt, well, why should there be particular laws in music when it should just sometimes free flow? Um, yeah, so I, I came across this band called Snarky Puppy. Oh. Um, I was turned on to Snarky Puppy by David Crosby. He's obsessed with them. They're yeah, incredible. They're, well, they're, Bill, they're some of the best players in the world. They're Bill like Lawrence anywhere. plays with Snarky Puppy, doesn't he? Bill Lawrence, um, sorry, um, writes with, Bill, with uh, David Crosby. There you go. I read that today. There it's all yeah. like that. So, go, on, go on, carry on, sorry. No, um, it's... So it's... Um, I, I met those guys and fell in love with... Uh, uh, Bill Lawrence's uh, playing more than anything because I, I keep saying to myself that had I actually become, you know, a, 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 um, what do you call it? Uh, um, I'm going brain dead a little bit. It's a, a practicing musician, which I am not by any standards. Um, the only time I, uh, uh, I will curve sometimes, but I will come back. So, uh, you know, I, I, I tend to write for the purpose of writing. I play for the purpose of writing and recording, mm-hmm. not for performing. Means um, to an end. Right, yeah. yeah, yeah, very much so. And so, you know, whenever I'm asked to jam, I go um, impossible. I, you know, I, I, I play by ear. Um, um, I, I don't read or write music, so you know, I feel cornered and embarrassed by not having kept up the playing. But there's something unique about being lost in that world and the music still being a mystery to me uh, that, that keeps me going. But um, to get back to Bill, yeah, so I I saw them perform at, at Jazz à Juan in, in the south of France, uh, outdoors, um, and my jaw dropped. They were playing every chord I've ever loved, 
and <laughs> not 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 dissimilar to uh, Keith Jarrett, of course. So right. uh, Bill, for me, was if I'd have been a practicing uh, a musician, I felt that that's what I'd be playing, the way he plays. And so I fell in love with his solo work as well. And um, at that particular point in time, he had a, an album called Cables that came out, which I absolutely... The only way I could describe it was Keith Jarrett and Steely Dan meet the soundtrack to Blade Runner. Nice, yeah. <laughs> how? How? Uh, along those lines. Um, <laughs> but... And, and so, anyway, there was this one track that I absolutely loved that it just sounded French. I kept seeing the Eiffel Tower. I kept walking around Paris. You know, this is, this is the visions, the smells, the sights, the, the cafe mm -hmm. culture. It was all of that, and it was just so French to me. And so we, he, he'd come over to my place, and we were actually writing a few other songs, uh, potentially for this album, but they didn't quite sit, but... Nice tracks, nonetheless, that will find a home eventually. But I said to him, I said, listen, I really hear Cables, which was the album and title track, in a, in a completely different way. And I told him about it, and he said, no, I don't hear it. I said, you as a jazz musician can't hear what I'm trying to do with that. He said, no, I don't get it. I said, listen, just play the little upright in the corner, and I'll sing the, the melody, the line, which is pretty much part of his song anyway. And then he goes, oh, yeah, I get it. I, I get it now. And so I just asked him to record it, and I said, do you mind if I chop it up? I don't know, quite know what I'm doing with it. And then months and months later, I'm going through socials, and I, I, I kept dreaming about a French voice, a female voice, uh, you know, the idea of it being sort of 1920s, 30s, 40s, 50s, radio or TV, just thin, and but typically French and delicious in every way shape or form and I'm, I'm scrolling through and all of a sudden this beautiful girl comes on with acoustic guitar and i'm hearing this voice and going that's her that that is her so i immediately wrote to her and uh, i found out she lived 20 minutes away i'm going you've got to be kidding me this that is meant sounds to be. suspicious right yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah. Uh, if only, if only. No. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, it didn't pan out like that. She had a boyfriend and saw like nothing. But but she sounds great. On the, she sounds great on the record. Yeah. Not, yeah. Well, the thing was, you know, I, I I asked her about it and I sent her the track and I said I'm kind of just looking for some spoken word. Uh, it's about you know uh, conversation indirectly. It's a conversation between humanity and Mother Earth. Um, and then the next day she'd sent me the front part of the song and um I, and i got goosebumps because she just recorded it on her iphone you know uh, with the speakers in front of her and i went god this sounds so perfect so i chopped out the front of the song and put her iphone version at the beginning which is what you hear basically and then i i'd been trying to get paul buchanan who whom i love oh, dearly hit, yeah massive uh, um, wonderful uh, artist yeah and, and we'd worked together years and years ago on help yourself album on a track called the other side of town which is still one of my favorite songs that uh, i've written and especially with him but i said paul because we kept 
check in, by the way, during the pandemic. I said, you know, if, if I'm miserable in the south of France, you've got to be really miserable <laughs> up north in Scotland where you are. Um, I, you know, but, you know, nothing had changed really up there. It was, yeah. yeah. Anyway, he, he, uh, I said, listen, Paul, I, I've got this idea for a song. Would you be willing to do some writing on it and sing, you know, in this one section? He said, Jules, I'm really not in the headspace, blah, 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 blah. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't think I can do it. I, I was saddened by that. But I, I, so I sang it and I said, listen, do you think you could at least sing it for me? He said, uh, Jules, all the studios have closed. You know, he's being Paul. There, there's nothing around, you know, everything's closed and uh, uh, everything's... I said, listen, I just did something with a friend. I didn't tell him about Elisa. Um doing the other vocals. And I said, listen, have you got an iPhone? And he said, uh, yeah. yeah. I said, have you got headphones? Yeah. I said, just record it six times. Just record it for me six times. He sent it back to me. Chop I chopped it up, re-EQ'd it. Lo and behold, it's like, it, it's like he was in the room. And, uh, you know, and then it was just a question of finishing the arrangements and putting the, and Elisa said, do you mind if I try and write some other parts? And when I got the chorus back from her, I, I, I again had goosebumps because the, the melody was not something I would ever have imagined. It, that was typically French, typically the timing, the way she said, and it just came together and it was beautiful and it just felt right to be the close, closer for the album. You know, yeah. just like, it just thank you and good night, you know, yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, in, in, in a beautiful way. But you find it, what seems nice for you is it seems it's very easy. You clearly love the thrill of collaborating and you're yeah, totally I, comfortable yeah. working on your own. So, it's, you know, you have, it's, I don't know if, or if those are two completely different headspaces for you or if it's just like, I, I need to do this on my own or I need to do this with someone else. No, there, there are parts that I hear that are very, very specific. Um, but I do, I, you know, I get, I get bored, really, and I get stuck uh more often than not with writing so i you know friends in the in the in the biz you know send me bits and bobs and i send other people bits and bobs going you know if you got anything so i, I have not that. had a bit or a bob in my email well, you're, box. you're going to <laughs> <laughs> okay listen there's lots of stuff um uh, uh, uh that 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 i'm going to be doing because um, uh, d d uh, let me just go back to something that happened that began the course of action of this, which was about four or five years ago, um, I, my business manager retired. And, um, and so he said, listen, I've said we've that got very conspiratorially. No, 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 we won't go there. This <laughs> episode Zoom wink only. <laughs> he, he retired. Yeah. And, uh, so he sent me, um, he said, listen, I've got boxes that in the basement that are yours. I need to get rid of. Uh, I said, okay, send them over. So they were, can I swear or not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, shit loads of boxes. <laughs> and, and most of them were, you know, just uh, financial files. And I'm going, oh, God, what am I going to do with this lot? But um, that's another story. Um all of a sudden, I, I come across literally about four or five boxes that have every format of recording and tape that you've ever had since the 80s, at least. Um, ADAT, high eight. 
<laughs> there you go, yeah. The Elise, the 12 track. Um, the, oh, the, oh. The, oh, yeah. I'm getting flashbacks. Um, oh, yes. Well, well yeah, two Please of those don't. songs on the album, this album, were done on the 12 track. Uh, one in the back bedroom and the, the original vocal is still on it after 35 years. But that's another story. Wow. So you're you're saying that this album no. was a compilation of... of of, of, of yeah. a scrapbook of past losses, if you like. Yeah. Yes. Yes, and no. It. it uh, I mean, in in part, yes, because this from this box of box uh, of tapes, on to, on top, the first thing I found was the reel to reel, and it wasn't in a box, so I was friggin' angry to say the least, of the original demos that we'd recorded on the Fostex, uh, either four or eight track in a barn in France uh, when, when, when we were first writing for the first album. And, wow. And, uh, and, you, and know, you still have all whole... these formats to play? You still have all the machines to play all these things on? I did, I did have a few, and I right. brought in one or two as well. But the, the, the best solution was, I don't know, you probably know this form. There's a, form, uh, a process called baking. Yeah, yeah. Where yeah, they yeah. take, so, baked all the tapes. But that was much. Just to explain months. that, otherwise, yeah. if you run them through a tape machine, all of the stuff with the with the with the music on the will just fall off. Yeah. So the, what it, you have to do shred. is you have to bake it for twenty four hours, and then you have one playthrough to co copy everything off. And it mainly happened because all the old two inch tape used to be backed with whale blubber, and obviously they had to stop doing that. Yeah. Wow. That's right. And yeah. so, but, but the and these first type, the first artificial stuff they used. Uh, was no good. They found out that that was actually all rubbish. So it's all the tapes that first used the synthetic tape backing, replacing whale blubber, that all had to be baked. Rubber. And can I wear my pinny right. when we do that baking job? <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Most boring bake-off ever. Get, yeah. Get, well, yeah get, I was going to say, Gary, that, that's the baking show we'll be doing next. Um, but, so go on, go on. Um, but yeah, so so we, we, we did all of that. And then, of course, we had more boxes uh with baked you know all of that stuff digitized and so a uh, little home studio we started bringing up all the faders on every little moment and jaw dropped it was like bloody hell this sounds like we recorded it last week in, in, in the next room i mean it really did the quality was still there so really quite shocked and um then i thought okay well let's Let's update the production on this, maybe change a few parts. A lot of the tracks back in those days, especially the place that you came to, Guy, on Mulholland, uh, yeah, in yeah. my little studio up there, uh, uh, you know, uh, it was all drum machines back in the, in, in the day. So um, I, I just thought, okay, well, let's get a real player. And so I found Ash Stone. Yeah, I, I used Ash. Played no, Ash, Ash played on my solo album last year. And, uh, oh, right, that's right. That's right. That's so there right. was Ash and um, Guy both uh, at part. So, so he's he's you know fabulous. So yeah, he brilliant. he set the tone and the groove for a lot of the songs on the album. Eventually, uh, I used him on many other uh, tracks. But uh, once he'd done a few takes and I'd thrown a few other things, I just changed. I just re-sang the the chorus on every little moment to give it a bit more punch. But the rest of the stuff was exactly as it was recorded over 35 years ago, plus wow. whatever. Um, and so I started delving, you know, like not one night. That's the original vocal in my uh, guest bedroom that I had the 12 track in that I sat there, you know, just singing the demo for the first time. 
and that's the the vocal. I, I, I've tried to re-record it. I uh, the whole song. I've tried to re-record my vocals. Never quite captured that moment the way it did. So I thought, well, fuck it. I'm going to put it on the album. You know, I embellished it with some new strings. I mean, the, the, again, going back to the instrumental stuff, not the orchestral stuff. Uh, I, I've been working with a great guy called Brian Byrne. I don't know if you're familiar oh, with his work. Irish, Irish, com, Irish com, composer. Uh, he's a gentleman that I met whilst doing uh, uh, photography stills on a movie called The Price of Desire, which was about Eileen Gray and Corbusier. Of all things, um, and he and he did the score on that. Not RT then. I fell in. No, not at action all. movie. I, I, I fell. <laughs> well, Schwarzenegger is Corbusier. Yeah, yeah. This is, this is, yeah don't, that chair doesn't go with that wall. And, and you and I and I wonder why I don't get hired for these gigs. So there you go. Um, but true, you know. So. Um, um, where were we? Oh yes, strings. Brian Byrne, look him up. Anyway, Old he tape, did yeah. the yeah, yeah. the arrangements on all the new material. Um, so well, once I'd done the other stuff, um, I, the COVID came along. Uh, my mate Justin Clayton, who you know, uh, I, guy. Uh, yes, yeah. I was, was going to ask about Justin. I, I wondered if he was still part of your picture. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, we've fallen in and out of touch over the years, but uh, of late. Uh, we got pretty. See, he's got. He's one of those guys that has a great memory. Mine, predominantly, is shit. It really is. Um, so he knows, you know, what strings on what guitar with what chord and what amp uh, uh, he was playing on on that particular song. Wow! And and that I was wearing a blue sweater at the same time. And I go, what? What? <laughs> I yesterday. I don't know. Yesterday. How do you know that? <laughs> So, and he'd just taken on um, an engineering course. So I said, right. come on down, let's go through these boxes. So he was the one who I was doing all of this with. So immediately it made sense to me that if this was going to become something, it would be a co-production right. uh, one way or other with Justin Clayton and myself. Oh, okay. Re regardless of how how it leaned, you know, whether I did, did more, did he... he did more on particular tracks or whatever. Right. Anyway, of course, as we'd been working on a couple of tracks, COVID came along, he had to come back to England. Uh, he didn't quite have the same setup as me. So uh, then we had to learn and figure out, you know, how to work with the, you know, with audio movers and a few other uh, apps, et cetera, et cetera, to be able to do this and try and finish the work that we were doing. Um, and then because once he left, I, I had to re remember how to engineer again. You know, I hadn't done it for a long, 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 long time. And mm -hmm. so the first track that I, I said I, I was missing, not doing music again. So the first thing, you know, it was quiet and lonely. And, and I thought, well, let's try doing song. And the first song that I, I came up with finishing up and producing solo was uh, was freedom um, right. and that for me it in some respects set some of the tone for the rest of the album uh, right. because that that kind of not instrumental but certainly uh filmic quality that kind of uh landscape uh, audio landscape 
um, freedom was really, I, I fell in love with that. And I, I went, oh, I, I, this takes me somewhere. It really, really, really does take me somewhere. So that, that's really what kind of turned it into half quite deep, uh, moody uh, landscapes, as well as the um, slightly <clears throat> more up-tempo stuff. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Coming to interview you, yeah. there is this sort of slight trepidation on on a friend's part, because this is public, of talking to you about your past. So I know sometimes yeah. that's very much part of your life and sometimes it's what yeah. you want to run away from. Um, but this album, it's yeah. calling it, calling it, calling it shoot, shoot. yeah. And and using that picture of yourself, Come on. which, you <laughs> yeah. know, well, which, no, because which, I know, May Pang's before, picture. I, you yeah, know, of because you. I was going to say that could be because. Of, sorry, Gary, but the fact it's called Jude, which is almost like a great acceptance thing for you, because you've always had a very ambivalent relationship with that song before, haven't you? Hey because Jude, of, yeah, yeah, Hey Jude, because hey, well, what, it, what it represents in terms of the, the reason it was written, for instance, yeah. is clearly not. But yeah, but it seems yeah. to me that there's a there's a there's a moment in your life now where you're kind of looking back and accepting certain things. Yeah. Is that true yeah. to say? Yeah, uh, yeah. I, you know, again, with the pandemic, being alone for so long, uh, you know, I, uh, to keep myself from stop going mad, I had to look inward, you know, and figure out and do some figuring out about, you know, what, who am I? Uh, what does it all mean? Um, uh, uh, how do I find happiness? Where is the balance? What is the balance? Uh, what will it take to achieve that? Uh, if I'm if I'm uh, sad uh, or, or or down, how do I fix that? Uh, uh, how do I fix the problems that I feel that I have? And that, of course, related to worldwide problems as well, and how we regard that. So I I always look at this project as as the wars within and the wars out there. Um, so a lot of you know it was for me it was very much a coming of age in many respects the journey that i've been on with the music at least over the last 30 plus years but um i'd always had an issue because my my given name was john charles julian lennon and so that was always a bother because you know they got they got tight on security around the world um because back in the good old days you used to be able to fly around under all kinds of different names. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, so, you know, you go to the airport, um, 
Yeah, and, and of course, having the name John Lennon, and not everybody would recognise me. You know, there would be certain quips. Some would be funny. Some would be smart-ass. Some would be really dumb-ass. Um, and, I, 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 you know, I also had that going into, especially in America now, you know, if you go for a, a meeting in a building, there's about 20 steps before you actually yeah, get yeah. to see the person. And the security steps, and it's... You know, and I just got sick and tired of all these 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 weird comments that I was getting. And I, and I, you know, I've always been Julian. You know, to me, I, I, I'd always been Julian. But but it's the idea you're called John. Is I mean, were you going to be known as John or John Junior or whatever? The fact that well, that is your first uh, well, name. well, the thing was, Mum, when I was three to five years old, running around the house would start calling me Julian because she'd say, right. John. You know, we'd both come running. So Julian took precedent. And so, anyway, I'd had enough for this. And going through this whole growth period uh, uh, on many levels, I just thought, you know, I, 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 I need to change this for myself more than anything. So in 2020, by deed poll, I went in. Uh, I, you know, I still liked, loved, and wanted to respect both mum and dad in the sense that you know the, the the names that they give me, and the way the the way it sounded when you when you uh, spoke the the name or the initials J C J L, John Charles Julian Lennon, and I thought, okay, let me just switch those two. That's that's all I'll do. I'll pick Julian Charles John Lennon, and then the first name anybody sees is Julian, and this will put an end to it all for the most yeah. part. <laughs> A little did I know, but for the most part, it's. Uh, so that's what I did. But I and think that I think uh, I, one, 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 yeah, sorry, on. Gary. Once I became Julian proper, you know, th there was a weight that dropped off my shoulders. Wow. There was, there was, you know, I finally felt like me, and I, you know, me being Julian, me being Jules, me being Jude. Um, so that's where it felt important to show that I'd come to terms, and uh, now felt like I owned the name Jude, you know, yeah. that I was taking control of that, that it wasn't just a sad song, it was making it better. That, fantastic. But I mean, oh, listen, but, wow, but, but wow. I think, <laughs> you know, if I went into therapy now and I said, why am I writing songs? There'd be a moment in my life that made me write, began, begin to write songs and need to write songs. The fact that you've looked at, you've called the album Jude, which is, you know, now we all, we all know that Hey Jude came from Hey Jules when Paul was coming to talk to you. Once yeah. you're that moment when that little boy's dad left home, yeah, that th that is the bit, the moment you get broken a bit, and it's the yeah. moment that all your music and maybe all your art comes from. And it feels that when I look at this album yeah. cover, that's what you're telling me. Yeah, I I think so. It was, it was fine. It it was, it was really trying to find the love in all of that, you know. Um, and the love in me to forgive, uh, to uh, to find acceptance, um, uh, uh, and again, to probably feel the most whole that I've ever been before. Mm -hmm. um, uh, uh, you know, uh, taking all of that on board. So, um, it, and again, with all the other things that have been going on Beatles-wise as well, uh, you know, with Get Back, uh, going to see that with Sean and seeing. Uh... Oh yeah, well, I heard you talk about that because by the because Gary and I both went to the London equivalent of what you went to that hundred minute thing. Oh, the hundred minute one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
uh, with, with, with Peter, Peter with, with his because with the Paul, way yeah. you just talked about that was re- was you made a really good point. Yeah, it, he, that. yeah, because he, what he, you know, I, I didn't want to go. I really didn't want to go, to be honest with you. And Sean said he'd committed himself, and he was here, and I was here in LA too. And I said, all right, well, listen, let's let's go hand in hand and support each other. And the just the way Peter Jackson broached that, the beginning of that. Um, you, you know, with his uh, element of comedy brought into that. And he lightened the whole mood for everybody yeah. that was there. And I think that made a massive, massive, massive difference um, because the anxiety before that he did that was pretty heavy, mm-hmm. you know, because I, I wasn't sure what I was going to see. Um but being with Sean and Stella, and uh, the shame Danny wasn't there, but uh, it was a real community and family there. And I really did fall in love with Dad again because what I saw on screen was what I remembered as a kid growing up with him. How how uh, you know uh, uh, how goofy he was. How what a smart ass he was. Um, you know what a talent he was. Uh, and watching the dynamics between him and Paul and oh, the rest of the band. And, there's that was, one bit when he, there's a way he looks at Paul when I've just never seen know, anyone I, look at anyone with that much love. It's just the most beautiful thing. There's, there's a couple of moments in that that just, you know, um, uh, in some respects relive what I recall uh, you know, uh, as early as three to five years old, when they all used to hang out together at the uh, at home. Mm-hmm. You know, um, they're so fast. The wit is so fast. Julia, what's 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 yeah. odd? And I don't, I don't I, you know, I, I, is that they are all our artistic fathers. Because I sat there crying and laughing and smiling. Yeah, same. Because the importance of those guys to me yeah. and to all of us in our artistic lives is, you just can't count it. You know, it's it's huge. No, no, you know, know, uh, for you, it must have been incredible. Well, I, you know, it was the same for me as everybody else. It really was. Again, you've got to understand, Dad walked out of the door when I was five years old. Mm -hmm. You know, I saw him a couple of times after that. I wasn't included in the the Beatles family from that point forward. You know, so um, I was, you know, I was a viewer of all of that just as much as anybody else was. Um, I, I think that's where a lot of people are mistaken is they think that there, there was a continued relationship, but it was it was few and far between and and uh, and very distant, you know. Um, yeah. So in your, it, in, your, you, in your young, as a young adult, you did say some yeah. quite blunt things, don't you? Which you, I don't know, you probably, which probably. have a lot to do with being that young <laughs> are you, man. Are you, finding are you going which to remind all, which me? Which we all did. We all did about all sorts of things, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm sure I might have. I don't remember yeah. them right now, in denial always. Not but, to, yeah, yeah, exactly. Do, yeah. Not do you have any... things you said publicly? You know, that's... <laughs> yeah. Do, 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 do you have did... anything in most specifically <laughs> in mind? Well, well, I mean, it's it's, it's, it's interesting that, that that yeah, as you go through your life, you you know, you're reappraising what what your you know your relationship, and then yeah. you, you get to where we are now. And now yeah. you have a picture. Now you have a proper picture. Yeah. Whereas you're still yeah. formulating that at the time. There's times you're angry about your dad. You, talk, you know, I, I lost my dad very young too. I, you know, I, there's all sorts of, it's only, it's only now that I can look yeah. back and see how he affected all the things that happened in my life. You don't know yeah. at the time. Yeah, you know. yeah. No, very much so. Um, 
No, you have to see the bigger picture to really understand what's, what it was all about. What's funny uh, about that? What's, what's exciting about that film is you watch, you you, you see, you know, we're, first of all, I'm surprised they're young men because I always think of them as being so much older. But oh, yeah. Actually, they're yeah. kids. They are kids. <laughs> yeah. They've gone through this, create, they've created so much already. But now like, you look at John, you look at Paul, you think, my God, you've not even done half of the brilliant things you're going to do. Because yeah. what yeah. comes next is is phenomenal in in both of their careers, you know, and George's, of course. Yeah, you yeah. Know, and, yeah. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, I love the fact that you first played drums and recorded with your dad, you know. That's yeah. Just, that's, what a, that, yeah, that's what an amazing... Great yeah. baton passing that was. <laughs> well, <laughs> or drumstick, yeah. anyway. <laughs> well, yeah, drum, one drumstick it was, <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, it was, uh, that was a lovely moment. That but was the funny thing sure. is, you didn't go on from that and become a drummer. <laughs> it didn't shape you but, that but, <laughs> but funnily, But funnily enough, I had a drum kit when I was about seven years old. Uh, I remember that. And I remember uh, seeing if it could float in a <laughs> pond or a pool. I, <laughs> you weren't Keith Moon, were you? So I was going to say, so you got straight I, to Keith Moon. I, I, think, I, think I, I think I did. I think I did. You well, know, st- straight in there, no waiting around. Straight to Keith Moon. Yeah, I'm not going to be able to drive for years, so let's just get the pool and the, the kit in the pool. Well, that that was it. That was we it. we yeah. have to we have to talk about because I know we don't have terribly long with you. And we we really sure, must sure. talk about. I mean, first of all, I just want to say because I know Guy wants to talk about your foundations, but what amazing photography, you, you know? When, yes. You know, I mean, your work starting with you too. I love that oh, shot yeah. of Bono with in the background. You see Astrid's shot of of John and Stu. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. talk about one picture set telling us a whole short story. That, that's it. That's that, that photograph was, ha- was literally that p- particular picture changed my life and changed how I approached photography because I'd been with the guys for a day or two on and off. And, uh, I, I was, I was staying next door anyway. And, um, because I was heading off to New York for my first ever photography show at the Morrison Hotel Gallery, which was the old CBGB. Um, yeah. And, and uh, Edge, Edge had said to me, he said, I, I know you'd like to take a few photos, so let me talk to the boys. So he did, and they said, yeah, it's okay. But, you know, I, I wasn't close friends with them at that point. I'd known them over the years, but they've got a particular wall around them you know they they're they're pretty tight-knit their family uh you know the real inner circle so and i've i've always been relatively shy i think you know that as well in certain circumstances um and so i didn't know how much time to spend in and out of their presence so to speak and i was staying at my friend's house next door and i would take a few pictures and i'd go back and i'd go this look like shit they, they looked like holiday photos. <laughs> there was, I, I, I just wasn't capturing the moment. And I think it was on the second or third day, uh, everybody else had left and, uh, and Bono was there. He was just thinking and, and writing and, and, and staring out of the window. And so I just came and sat on the wood floors next to him. We were just chatting away. And then I just lay down on the floor like this because I, I was uncomfortable. And I just looked up at him and I went, fucking blow, Jesus. There was Astrid's picture wow. in the back. 
him in the front. And, uh, and to me, it struck me, it's all about perspective. It's all about angles that changed everything in one go. And from that point on, that changed how I approached photography entirely. And initially it was called, uh, because I loved the idea that I, uh, I you know, uh, Bono I respected immensely, was a hero of mine, as was Dad, blah, blah, blah. Initially it was called the Lennon Sandwich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Pro- probably would, wouldn't have gone down so well, but someone to, to look up to was a much better uh, title for that. Um, it really did change the way I looked at things, and it was just... Uh, it was magical, and then you know, again, I, ever since I haven't. I haven't yeah, because I don't care what people say, but I do think that the great photographers are part of their photographs too. Yeah, you know, you're you're yeah. watching their story as well, like just any artist. You know, Picasso's paintings are about him. Yeah, yeah. I, well, for me, uh, again, being being quite a shy one. Um, yeah, I, I didn't want to get in their way at all. So it was very much, you know, just being a fly on the wall as much as humanly possible. You know, I just, uh, I, I wanted to capture some more of the beauty and, and more of the depth and emotion that they were that they were going through at the time. And, uh, and but, but you're you know, so good as I, a, your composition is so good with landscape and everything. But you really are, you really are. I, I did a really brilliant photographer, Julian. I really do. Thank think you. That. And and I, and in a way, that's kind of rather than it being a photograph of people and an icon, that the same sort of landscape ethic applies to that picture. I think part of that came from the fact that you know I, I, I have been on a couple of uh, uh, travelled the world and I've been on a couple of you know White Feather Foundation uh, journeys uh, where I took the camera along, and once I'd done a couple of exhibitions, you know, showing you know, where I was, what I was seeing, what I was feeling, what, you know, uh, the, the space I was in. You know, I kept getting emails from a lot of people saying, you know, what you're doing here, Jules, is, um, you know, there are people of us that, that, there are people out there that just can't afford to travel, or there are people that are disabled and can't, you know, physically get to these remote places around the world. And, you know, they just, they, they've said to me time and time again, you know, you take us to these places, uh, not only visually, but emotionally too. And once I heard that, I, I really responded to that. And I just went, yeah, I get that. It's, 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 it's almost, it's almost, a, uh, I, I can't even describe the word, the, the words I would normally use, but it's 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 sending a message of what I'm really physically seeing and feeling, mm-hmm. I think, in those photographs. I just try and capture that. And if the picture moves me, I think it's the same with songwriting. Same with, if yeah, it moves me, yeah. you, you hope it's going to, uh, uh, you know, uh, have some effect uh, on everybody else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so, Jules, I know apparently we're running out of time here. I just want so now your White Feather Foundation, which is a is a fantastic thing. There's one little key thing that, that interests me because and it's a very it's such a powerful image that started it. The idea of the White yeah. Feather, which apparently yeah. was, it was it was some Aboriginal elder who presented you with it. Right, uh, in yeah. Australia, was it? But how yeah, did I, that meeting come about? That's what that's what I'm interested in. 
so I at that I was I, I was in Australia with my first number one in the world. Yay! Uh, with Saltwater Environmental Humanitarian Song. Great track. Uh, Great track. Yeah. And um, and we, I think it was Adelaide. And, and I was uh, a dear friend of mine had been working with uh, this tribe called the Murning People. Um, and um, Kim Kindersley, Kimbo, whom I believe you know. Yes. Guy knows Kimbo. everybody. So, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> he does. Um, Just think of so, two random names and stick them together. He'll know the guy. <laughs> no question about that. Uh, that's a given. That's a given. Um, and I'm in the hotel room. Um, we're touring at the same time. And I get this call, you know, saying, um, you know, uh, uh, Mr. Lennon, there's a, you know, there's a news cruise, uh, which I figured, okay, that there might be for the situation. But there's also... Uh, an indigenous tribe of, uh, uh, of about 30 people down here and they'd love to see you. And I'm going, yeah, sure there are. You know, I thought it was a prank, um, on the road prank. And they said, they called back again and said, no, there really are. Uh, would you come down and meet them? So I came down. Um, there's Kim, of course, Kimbo. And uh, I, I step up to this kind of plinth, semi-circular, uh, like weird uh, platform, uh, lounge area, and there's all these Aboriginal people who I, whom I, none of whom I've met before, and with news crews, and the elder called Iris, who sadly passed last year, uh, uh, she walked up to me in the in the semicircle and just handed me, you know, a, a male swan's white feather that was about yay big, and uh, she said, you know, you have a voice, can you help us? And um, uh, you know, right then and there, I thought. Okay, what am I? You know, what do I do? Uh, just keep being a rock and roller, or do I step up to the plate? And I didn't really understand fully the the, the implications of all of that. But I said, yes, uh, of course, I'll, I'll do what I can for the children. Uh, then I spent ten years making a documentary about them called Whale Dreamers, and about eighty other tribes around the world that came together uh, to tell their stories, and they've all been through the same shit. You know, all kicked off their land, all uh, used and abused. Religion came into play, and that screwed everything up for everybody. Uh, but the the the, the real uh, key here, the real thing that made this more real and more true, uh, uh, was the fact that Dad had said to me at one point, and I couldn't tell you where, and I couldn't tell you when, but he did say it. Uh, and it stuck with me because I thought it was such a weird thing. But he said that if something ever happened to him, the way that he would let me know or, or, or let all, all of us know that we're going to be all right or that he was going to be all right, it would be in the form of a white feather. Wow. wow. So wow. when I got that, I, the goosebumps hit me and I just yeah. went, oh, you know, the, um, I'm sorry, but, you know, regardless of what anybody thinks, if that if that connection isn't real, then uh, you know mm -hmm. it, it you know it, it blew me away. So the white hence the white feather foundation started, and we've been just working on you know uh, health and education, uh, clean water. I advise anyone to go uh, and look at the website because there's a yeah. list of all the fantastic yes. work you're doing and how you can get involved. Exactly, you're a good man, Julian. Really are. Yeah. You know, a massive I heart. Tried. 
I and tried. it's been, it's I been fantastic you having having you on and and really I haven't even soon. haven't even got to the bottom of who's no. got the Lucy in the Sky with diamonds drawing is it well, David we... Gilmore? <laughs> well, no. I'm talking well. which because I asked David about that today. Who sends his very best, by the way? That's David oh, Gilmore. Thank you. Okay, and, go uh, on. Yes. Well, so <laughs> no, what? So what? So, he had it on the wall, on the wall didn't he? Well, well, he has, he has the one he, he does, thinks he's not, he's not even the, saying it's necessarily the real one. He, he, see, Mum and I, Mum and I, before she passed uh, seven years ago, she and I talked about this a lot, and we we don't believe it. it is. Not to dishearten Dave. I'm, I'm no, sure. David was never but, sure. He, he, didn't, yeah. he, he came, it came yeah. to him through Willie Wilson, who's the uh, yeah. old childhood friend he used to, he used to play. Yeah, I, 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 I kind of recognise the image, but I don't believe it's the actual image. What it, what it, what no are we one will do? ever know, know, unless they do a DNA no. test, obviously. Um, well, <laughs> I don't know, no, because I think I, I did, I, I absolutely think I did draw that, but I don't know if it's the actual ah, Lucy in the ah, sky. That's what I'm saying. Because ah. I would come home every morning or every afternoon from kindergarten with a new drawing for dad or mum or whatever, you know, so. Such a good that, boy. Such a good boy. You know, but he's not—he's, but he's not a good boy to his publicist, who's banging on our no, head but, saying, oh, "You no, have getting, to go." I'm sorry, we're getting terrible. <laughs> They'll never we're, let us speak to anyone uh, ever fine. again. We're fine. It's I, all good. Yeah, we're yeah, all yeah, mates yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we're, we're gonna we're gonna meet up. We're hopefully when we get to LA, uh, end yes, of October, yeah, we'll give you a call yeah. and come and to the it, show. It, it's not before because I think my uh, little London jaunt uh, 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 promo will be at a. Beginning of October. No, we'll be in America, a, mate. We're in America. You'll be in yeah. America, but yeah. well, then I'll see you out here then. You'll okay. See, you will definitely. I'll, I'll be in touch. Make sure you can get to the. Lot, lots of love. I'll, I'll I'll make sure of it. I'll make sure yes, of mate. it. I'd love to see you guys. Massive yeah. pleasure talking to you, mate. So good talking to you. Likewise, so to see you, Jules. Yes, let's keep in touch, mate. Absolutely. Okay. All right. All the see best. See you on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, indeed. All right. Love lots to you love, both. Man. Okay. Bye. Too. Bye. That was good. I, I felt that you had so many anecdotes in your duffel bag sitting there, and I'm sorry I didn't let you pull them out. You know, no, you, you did the right thing because it just would have been, it could have turned into blokes down the pub, and it, and whereas you had really, as usual, great sort of grown-up pertinent questions, which are of much more use to our listeners than a cheap joke, which is all <laughs> I have to offer. In uh, <laughs> no, but it was not. There was so there was. I mean, the really lovely stuff from him there, wasn't it? Was. And I think he was really enjoying it pretty much all of the western well the 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 uh, the, the world shall we say wanted to know what those guys thought when they looked up and saw their dads on yeah. on that screen that day and i think uh julian gave us a little hint as to what it must have felt like yeah because the other thing he'd said by the way when he's talked about it before is not that it, he's which was so true was the fact that but the fact that peter jackson gave these little interjections where he would prepare you for the scene that was coming up, which of course we didn't really think about, Gary, right? When you saw it, you just think, oh, okay, this is what's coming up. Whereas Julian said that was so helpful to not get tripped up and kind of, do you know what I mean? Like by yeah, yeah. what, what you're about to see. It was like really good to be prepped. Yeah. Oh, but that was good. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. I, I hope we get to uh, have a cup of tea and see him in, in LA. Like, yeah, I've just got a text saying he'd love to do part two at any other point in time. Very nice. And uh, thank you for his publicist for cutting it short I really, we were a bit upset about that weren't we? we were a bit upset about that so yes dear listeners we could have gone on for hours and hours and hours but, but anyway until next week it's good night from me 
and good night from them. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 